Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 6 this morning for a message titled, The Dozen. Verse 13, it says, And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. Now, this is a little bit problematic, because apostles means one who is commissioned and sent, right? And so we know that there are twelve apostles, right? You know, you read your Bible, and and you know you, you hear about that, and you maybe hear somebody take on the title of apostle, and that's bothersome to people. However, when you read through the New Testament, Jesus is called an apostle. Barnabas is called an apostle. Silas is called an apostle. Timothy is called an apostle. Titus is called an apostle. And many of the people in the New Testament are called apostles. And that's, that's problematic because then we go to the book of Revelation where we see that there's the New Jerusalem and there's 12 foundations in that New Jerusalem. And on the foundations are what? Anybody? Yeah, the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Who's the Lamb? Jesus. Okay, so if we have these 12 foundations with the 12 apostles of the Lamb, then what are these other apostles? Well, let's just separate it this way to make it easy for you. Let's call them apostles and B-apostles. Okay, you have the apostles, the, the apostles who are the apostles of Jesus Christ, meaning that they were sent and commissioned by Jesus himself. Jesus stood in front of them and said, I am sending you, and he sent these 12 guys. Judas was one of them. But later, you see them pick a new guy, Matthias. They cast lots and pick him. Was he commissioned by Jesus Christ? You know, I don't doubt that he had a ministry. But there was a guy who was specifically commissioned by Jesus Christ. You remember that? Road to Damascus knocks Paul to his his to the ground and he says I am sending you to the gentiles to kings to you know the lost sheep of the children of Israel. So Paul is commissioned by Jesus Christ and so Jesus call, or excuse me Paul calls himself an apostle of Jesus Christ. And so that in my opinion I think Paul is that 12th apostle that took the place of Judas. Others would argue it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day the other people who are are apostles are sent out not by Jesus himself, but remember Acts chapter 13. They're all sitting there waiting on the Lord, ministering to the Lord, fasting and praying. And the Holy Spirit speaks to them while they're fasting and praying and says, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've chosen for them. And so the church sends out Barnabas and Paul or Saul on their missionary journeys. And so they, in a sense, are apostles of the church, or maybe more accurately, apostles of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so there's a difference between an apostle, somebody sent out by the church, somebody sent out to plant churches and to reach an unreached region, and 
somebody who's sent out specifically by Jesus Christ. And so, that, you know, that, that's kind of how you solve that quandary. But Mark tells us this. In Mark chapter 3, verse 13 through 15, he, he's talking about the same event. It says, He went up on the mountain and called to him those who he himself wanted. And they came to him, and he appointed twelve that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. And, and so notice he picks these guys specifically, first of all, to do what? To preach. What does the preach mean? It means to proclaim a, a message of good news. It's evangelism. It's, it's they're going to preach the evangel. Now, in that time, at that moment in time, the, the, the good news was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Messiah is amongst us. But that good news changed from the Messiah is amongst us to the Messiah was amongst us. He lived the perfect life. He died upon the cross. He was buried. And then he rose from the grave conquering sin and death. And so the, the, the proclamation that Jesus, that they're giving here changes when Jesus gives the great commission to go and make disciples of all men, teaching them all things that, that you've observed and to baptize them into the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so they're to go out and to preach the good news, which is that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, that He died on the cross, and that He rose from the grave conquering sin and death. And whoever believes in Him will have eternal life. That when you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Behold, all things, old things have passed away, all things have become new. That you have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His beloved Son. That you have been adopted and accepted into the beloved. That you are a child of God and the evil one cannot touch you. That last one's 1 John 5, 18. He has done all these things for us and that is who we are. That is our identity in Christ. Outside of Christ, we have none of that. We are in bondage to the devil. We are wrecked. Our lives are under the sway of, and under the control of the wicked one. We come to freedom when we believe in Jesus Christ and we believe that He has set us free from the bondage of sin and death. When we accept the free gift of salvation and then we walk in newness of life as He's called us to walk as Christians. Not believing the lies of the enemy. Being set free from that. Putting on the shield on the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and girding our, our, our waist with the belt of truth and shodding our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace and then using the word of God, the sword of the spirit. And then we pray because we, when we put on that armor, what we're putting on is Jesus Christ and we're making no provision for the flesh. We're walking in the spirit and God uses us in that way. That's the most important part. That's the message that these guys were, were preaching. And aside from that, in part of that, they were healing the sick and they cast out demons. And all those things, those things are, are not the, the thing. Those things are secondary. Those things are a validation of the message that is being preached. That as they go and they see people set free from sin and the bondage of, of sin in their life, that they're also healed of their diseases, that they're also they have, they're set free from the demonic realm and those who would have control over them. I was reading a book and it was quoting... I believe it was 
might have been Cyprian. I can't, I think last last service I said Ignatius, but I think it was Cyprian. He lived till 200 AD. But it was one of those guys, one of those early church fathers. There was several quotes from these different early church fathers about this. But basically, one of them was saying this: that he believed that every member of the Roman Empire was tormented and being controlled by demonic forces. And as I pondered that, I thought, man, you know that is. That's profound because I think that every member of the United States is probably being tormented or controlled by demonic forces. And, and the only way to be set free from that is to come to Christ, to be set free by Jesus Christ. But I think that also oftentimes members even of the, of the church do not put up the shield of faith. They're prayerless and they are subject to the fiery darts of the wicked one. And so they believe all kinds of lies and they find themselves in bondage to those lies and not living and walking in freedom, the freedom that Christ has for them. And I, I think that we go through stages like that in our lives where we're just lacking faith and we're, we're kind of wrecked and, and the enemy just has a heyday with us. All these suggestions. We have to have the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one because the fiery darts of the wicked one are lies. They're lies that he tells us and he, he, he bombards us with these lies and if we believe them, we fall under his control. And so we have to renew our minds and believe the helmet of salvation, believe the truth about what God says about us, who we are, that we are children of God, that the enemy cannot touch us and stop believing the lies of the enemy. And so these guys have power to heal, power to cast out demons. These things are not the message. Of course, if somebody's healed, they're just going to get sick and die again, right? Or if they're even raised from the dead, they're going to die again. Or if they're healed, they're just going to get sick again, and someday they'll die. If you just cast out demons from people, you know, we have this deliverance ministry. We're going to cast out the demons. You cast out all the demons. Everybody goes home free until the demons just come back and seven more wicked than the first one and inhabit that person and his last state is worse than the first because he didn't receive salvation. And so the message is the most important thing. All these other things, healing and casting out demons, those things are subsidiary and, and secondary to the message, which is the gospel message that they're to preach. And so he's going to give them power to do these things. So this power that he gives them is not the same as the power they get from the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Now, you're probably familiar with this phrase because it's used in a lot of sermons, but that power is dunamis. Right? That's where we get our word dynamite. And so we hear about that. They receive, they're going to receive dunamis. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus tells them, you will receive dunamis when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. That's dynamite power. But this is not that. This is excusia, which means to have the right. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.